everyone, and welcome. We've made it to the Empire Strikes Back, or episode 5 of Star Wars. Our yeah. Star Wars celebration has made it to this point. So I'm mm-hmm. Zinger Fett. I'm Nerf Herder Ellie. Mm. <laughs> and I'm R-O-O-D-2. Nice, <laughs> nice. Like uh, we have Phil Rude joining us Yay. for this adventure into a galaxy far, far away. So, thank you guys. Thanks for having me back for uh, the greatest Star Wars. Yes, I will agree with that. Um, this is something we discussed when we started this. When we were going to point out our favorite movie, and I don't know if we had held to that, but this one, this one is my favorite Star Wars movie. So, nerd out a lot will be happening with me for this one at certain points. At certain yeah. points, yeah. So I'm I'm excited for that. But I guess let's get into our. Top three moments from everybody. And let's see if, like, the last one, we all have different moments, though. I think that was just a unique moment. Um, With that, we will let our droid go first. Phil. Okay. Um, uh, First up, I got the Battle of Hoth. All right. Good choice. As a top moment, I love the beginning of this movie. I I just love that it kicks off with a big battle and and the walkers and all that stuff. Um. Second, I have uh, on Dagobah the the obstacle course uh, Yoda backpack montage uh, into the the dark side nightmare cave oh, uh, yes. sequence there. Yeah, uh, just probably the darkest part of the movie. I really just I I dig that so much. Uh, the it was a part that confused me as a kid, um, but as I got older and sort of got the symbology of it i was like oh okay yeah that's really that's really bizarre and and cool um and then uh my third is uh on bespin basically everything that takes place in the freezing chamber i just i love the look of that set so much the production of it the color the the weird fog that's rolling out of all those machines. Uh, everything that takes place on there, Han freezing and Luke meeting Vader there. Uh, that all just rolls together into... I, I guess that's probably kind of a cheat because that's two different scenes, but... Um, we'll allow yeah, it. Yeah, I just... I, I, I appreciate that. Uh, <laughs> it's... Uh, I, I just love the the look of it so much and, and the tension that comes f- with that place. Awesome. De- definitely a great list. I think there will be some crossover on that with the rest of us. So, um, Ellie, is it okay if I go next? I think sure. I've anchored a lot of these, so I'll, I'll, I'll let you anchor this one. That, that's fine. Whatever. All right, cool. Mine, I'm going to start with um, Hoth. I, I, I enjoyed the, the Battle of Hoth. I thought that was, a, that, that was an excellent scene. It was a very unique, and it was right off the top of the movie, basically. Kind of kind of set the standard for the whole, you know, the the Empire has struck back at them and, you know, kind of broken up where the Alliance was trying to hold out. So I thought that was a good kind of um, dark point. Starting off the the dark theme of this movie, too, I think, with with them being defeated. So I thought thought that was great. And the walkers and the speeders and all the the cool new stuff was really neat. But my next one is... and, and I'm, and I'm going to use Phil's thing here. I'm going to kind of cheat with this. Vader, throughout this entire movie, is just my... my just, just every scene he's in, every line he has is just amazing, solid gold. But if you want a key moment when, it's re- when the Executor is revealed, his super Death Star for the first time, where you see all the other Death Stars and then something looms over all of them and it, and it reveals this gigantic weapon of war that that he is commanding and that is that is his flagship and that was just i don't know it's just something about me it was just that was so cool mm-hmm. for me. you're talking star destroyer not death star right yeah oh, did i say death star by accident yeah oh you want to edit that out too mm. <laughs> I, I i said executor his super <laughs> i would have had to have said super star destroyer i think phil's messing with me Whatever I have Roll the editing. back the footage. <laughs> I have the editing tool in the end on this one, so we'll see what happens with okay. that. Okay. But my final one is the no, I am your father. <gasps> yes. The big reveal. Yes. And I guess that sort of plays into my Vader love in this, but but still, it, it was just one of those moments when when like it, 
I, I know in the theater, like, like I said, I saw this years later, but I know in the theater, like, everyone was like, no, there, there's no way. And I know as a kid, I was like, no, there's no way. So that, that was just such an iconic scene. It's one that, you know, has lived on through multiple, you know, jokes and, you know, right. parodies and just everything in between. It's just such an iconic scene. So that, that would True. be my three. Okay. Well, um... Luke, I am your father. Definitely is one of my top three as well. All right, it was very awesome and one of those oh my gosh moments. Um, I would think I, I think another one is uh, Land um, Lando's betrayal. Ooh. I, I thought that was such a you know you know he Han Solo talks so much up about Lando and he's such a good friend we go way back and all this stuff and you know how they joke and they hug mm-hmm. and you know and it, it was for me at least I mean maybe other people saw it a mile away but for me I was I was pretty shocked <laughs> you know especially with the when he got tortured and all yeah. that just that whole section yeah. of the movie I was just I was pretty amazed and blown away by that um and then I, um, my love of sci-fi and just cheesy creatures and love of starship troopers and all the, the weird alien space stuff, the, the cave scene where it's not a cave. And oh they're, yeah. The... They're, yeah. They're, oh, yeah. they're inside of the dragon snake asteroid thing, whatever it is. There's actually a name for it that I, I know, do not I know off the top of my head. I can't remember the name of it. I'm asteroid sorry. Asteroid worm? Sure. <laughs> Okay, but, but just that I don't. It just it really made it feel like you get so wrapped up in the battles and the seriousness of the movie that that, that, that a more paced moment y- gets this, overlooked. And this was just a. It was bringing it back to this is still a sci-fi fun mm-hmm. quirky movie too. So I I liked that that scene as well. Good choice. Yeah. Good, good good choices, and I think we all had some that did cross over with each other. So that, that was cool on this one. Yeah. But um, now it is time for me to do our newest <laughs> thing, which was brought up during A New Hope, which is I'm going to do my terrible George Lucas impression. Mm-hmm. And Phil, I'm going to let you be the guinea pig. You are the executive I am pitching this movie to. And oh, I will okay. Do, I, 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 I will do my attempt at doing Put a, you on the spot. <laughs> a terrible job of describing the movie while being accurate the entire time. So this, All right. This might take a few takes, so let me get my Lucas voice real quick. All right, so 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 here's the movie. I I got an idea. We're gonna have Gungan. No, 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 no. Prequels, prequels, prequels. All right. So they're gonna start on an ice planet, like snow everywhere, just snow. And 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 then we're gonna go to where there's gonna be these dog walkers that come out and attack them. Like, like dog these, walkers, like like people who walk their dogs on a leash in the park. Is that what you're getting at? No, 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 no. Giant, 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 like walking four four legged beast of war. But they're robots. Everything has to be robots or gungans. No, 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 no. Prequels, prequels, prequels. <laughs> <laughs> but then it's gonna be they're, they're gonna go from that that um that ice planet to a one that's just an entire swamp. And then he's going to come across this like green frog-looking thing. It's not Kermit, but you might be confused with it with Kermit. So it's going to be a Muppet movie. No, 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 maybe. Muppets maybe. in space. Muppet, yes, Muppets <laughs> in space. Yeah. But then after that, we're going to go to a city that I mean, a a planet that's just all clouds. And then I will introduce the most overrated character of all time, Lando Calrissian. Uh, uh, Lando Calrissian, he's he's overrated as in uh, being important, or uh, you're just going to get an actor from a malt liquor commercial to uh, play him. <laughs> oh well, Court 45 is so smooth. Did you say Court 45? <laughs> Court 45 is so smooth. <laughs> there, Bill. I've, I've named you Bill now, so I have somebody to reference in this. <laughs> Go ahead, George. So... So now I'm going to introduce another character that I think is not 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 that important. Um, I'm going to call him Boba Fett. Boba Fett. And I'll, I'll come up with the name later. No one's going to care about that character, though. No one will ever, ever bring up that character again. He sounds like a totally disposable character right along with the dog walkers from the beginning of the movie. Yes, yes, <laughs> they will be very forgettable. But what you will remember is that it will be revealed that Darth Vader 
didn't kill Luke's father. That he's actually Luke's brother. No, that doesn't make sense. That he is his father? Yeah, yeah. And then the movie Are ends. you talking like his adopted father? Or uh, is this some sort of uh, foster child situation? Big Brothers program in space or something like that? <laughs> yes. So can, so can I have the money for the movie now? Uh, I got a great yeah, idea George, for the next we'll one. We'll wire you over a giant golf tournament check. And uh, we'll get cameras rolling on these uh, dog walker robots uh, immediately. Awesome. I got a great idea for the next one. Like teddy bears. But they eat people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So that is the terrible explanation of Star Wars as told by George Lucas in a pitch meeting. Anyways, um, so getting into just this, this movie overall, just the, the overall plot to this movie is I think it is, it's, the, the name says it all. It's The Empire Strikes Back. Like, this this whole movie is just the Empire winning left and right. And I don't think the Rebels really have any victory in this entire movie. And the other thing is, this movie does a lot of set changes, too, in my opinion. Or a lot of, you know, scene changes from, like, you. I, like, like I was saying when I was joking around, but you go from a planet that's covered in snow to one covered in swamps to ending in one technically that's in the clouds. But at yeah. the same time, you get this also these dynamic scenes with the asteroid field and everything with that. And yeah. another important thing, we get introduced to a, to a whole cadre of new characters, but one that got mentioned in a previous movie. This is the first time we meet the Emperor, too. Like, yes. Like, well, if... Sorry, this will be the first time we meet the Emperor if you were watching these before the prequels. Right. And this would be the time when you'd be reintroduced to the Emperor if you had watched the prequels beforehand Mm -hmm. which that that was something that i always thought when i was a kid was like really cool that there was somebody who was above vader like 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 there were like there was his master and it was like oh my gosh then who's this guy if he's the one in charge of him so i just thought that was a cool dynamic with that um anyone else got anything interesting on the how the movie flowed and just the plot yeah i think um the idea that the rebels really sort of get it handed to them through the whole thing. I think that's part of why I loved this movie as a kid. I don't think I'd ever seen a movie where the good guys lost. Mm-hmm. And not, ju- not just lost, like, the entire movie is them just getting wailed on by the by the Empire. And, um, and there was more focus on the villains in this. There's, like, there's quite a bit of Vader time. Yeah, there is. And, uh, mm-hmm. uh, and everything... As opposed to just being the imposing shadowy figure that he was in A New Hope, you start to get some clues about how complex Vader is in this one. Like I, th- I think it really starts to, uh, it gives you a mystery. And this is, I don't want to rabbit hole too much here, but I think because I love that aspect of this movie and I love this movie so much, it's why I don't like the prequels. I feel Ooh. like Vader was better left as this mysterious guy that you had some clues to his past but once you knew everything it really sort of took the punch out of it i can i can definitely see that and i i said i mean my my one of my my favorite moments in this movie come from vader i think every line is almost quotable they're they're very you know well spoken for it and he's just he he is a very complex character and you get the whole Another thing I loved about it is he's just offing his officers, like just killing them off <laughs> yeah. left and right. Oh yeah, <laughs> and I think it's been pointed out. I don't know. I I know it's can't. It should be canon now. He has a disdain for his the officers that work under him. He does not really like them too much in the sense of he's they're 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 there to serve a purpose. If that purpose isn't served, then they're disposable to him. Which in this movie that is super apparent the entire time and i love right. the the on the moment promotion with the um <laughs> with, with with captain piet to admiral piet I, th- I thought that was a great moment with with that so i i like i said just vader throughout this entire movie was great and um yoda being introduced too is a very interesting character to introduce here as well and that's someone who is we're instructed that that he's the Jedi Master that kind of instructed um, 
sorry, we're, we're kind of told that he is the Jedi Master that instructed Obi-Wan, who's the only other Jedi we've very run into, but then it's, um, he, he's this little, like, guy that doesn't seem that formidable at all. Right. And he, there, and, and once again, with, with great quotes, I mean, you get, you get all the Yoda stuff from this, too, with the, you know, do or do not, there is no try, and just, his training with Luke, I thought, was really cool, and it's a, was a really neat, you know, takeaway from, ju- uh, here juxtaposition to what was going on with everyone else yeah it's um it's really far removed from what han and leia and chewie are doing Mm -hmm. and and the whole chase through space and bringing in the bounty hunters and and the vader storyline and then it's just luke running through a swamp with this little green imp on his back and um and it's just interesting in a completely different way uh, it's it's not an action movie on Dagobah, and it just is sort of your. F- I think it's gr- I think it's exposition about the Force and about the Jedi, and it's it's delivered in a really interesting way as opposed to just oh here someone sitting him down and telling him about the Force or sitting him down and telling him the history of the Jedi Order. Uh, Yoda is one of my favorite characters of all time from from Star Wars just mm-hmm. because he is this um I think it's all wrapped up in when Luke says I'm looking for a great warrior you know and he's expecting this this beast of a man uh and it turns out it's this little guy who's trashing his camp and playing with his flashlight and and <laughs> and being just a a little uh a little imp about everything and it's just he's he's not uh, again, a prequel problem. I don't like fighting Yoda. I like philosopher Yoda. I like uh, sort of pacifist, uh, tap into the energy of the universe Yoda, as opposed to uh, being a fighter and being being an actual warrior. I, I love him in Empire. This this is the definitive Yoda to me. I mean, I, I can definitely see that. I did enjoy some of the fight scenes in the prequels. But for the longest time, I mean, this is all we had of Yoda was this, you know, wise scholarly individual who, right. I, I guess the the other thing that might, could be pointed out, I mean, the movies have kind of disproven this, but I guess we're going to, but prior to the prequels thought process for a second, is that, you know, maybe not all Jedi were ones that used the lightsaber and used, you know, that they were able to utilize the force and, you know, had a better understanding of it and kind of went right. with this path to where, Fighting was something that they did not prefer to do. It was only something they, they kind of were trained in as a last resort and that they wanted to use the, their mind and their will over the Force to solve problems. Like Yoda Yeah, did. that's how I, that's how I always kind of like to think of, of Yoda being as as this this more mindful Jedi as opposed to a, a sword-wielding uh, warrior kind of thing. Which is also um, why I don't think he wanted to train Luke. Cause he's like he's he's reckless, and then Kenobi points out that he yeah. was too, and it's like, well, I mean, Kenobi's obviously more trained with, I mean, is trained with a lightsaber, and you know, has shown that skill. So I guess that maybe Yoda's considering that that is reckless. Um. Well, I mean, one thing I wanted to point out too is I like the way. Um, now, obviously, these were done for the prequels mm-hmm. um but i think that it was it kind of connects the prequels to the originals with them pointing out that like i said i know this is pointed out before they were made but I, it's kind of neat you know kind of giving you a similarity between um luke and anakin yes because anakin was reckless mm-hmm. too and you know he was kind of the same way so I, I like the way that it it fits. That, I think yeah. your argument comes full circle once Jedi is brought into the picture for mm-hmm. this. Because I know that when we were discussing the order to watch it and the argument that I believe it was Chet that put in. Mm-hmm. He put in for the machete method, but he explained the reasoning why I thought was great. Because he explained, you know, you see Luke's journey. Right. Then you see Anakin's journey. You see Anakin's end. Like what happened to him. And then you pick up in Jedi where you see that Luke could possibly be in the same boat as his father was right. before him. 
Yeah, because he's he's very emotional, very hot tempered, mm-hmm. you know, and and very impatient. So I, I like he's reckless. <laughs> I can't do a good Yoda <laughs> off okay. off the bat like that. But but a little bit more about Yoda is I, I can see fans from both sides of it. Mm-hmm. I can see the fans that like the more philosophical side, but then you have to remember when the prequels came out, they were more um, people wanted to see more of that action-oriented characters in their prime yes exactly and so i mean i think that's why they focused on that so much but so like i said i can i can see both sides i was like you singer i um i liked some of the fight scenes with yoda because i just thought they were really cool to watch but I also like the original. You, you understand? Yeah, we we can yeah, see that balance. I can see both the, the, sides. We, yeah. we can see the balance in the force. Oh, with it. geez. Okay. It comes yes. full circle. <laughs> of course. Yes. <laughs> the, the the circle is now complete. <laughs> so I, I guess we're going to take this point since we were being positive to possibly be negative for a second. Um, this is one of my favorite Star Wars movies, both in special edition and non-special edition form. So this is gonna we're gonna take the opportunity to discuss the changes made to this movie from the special from the non-special edition to the special edition, and you know I guess we're gonna kind of you know air, air our grievances if you would on it. Um, to be honest, I did watch a comparison video just to make sure you know I was getting everything. There's not there there's some drastic scenes here and there to where they like switched up um, some of the. Like the Wampa scene was definitely mm-hmm. dumb, but there yeah. was a lot of like little just touch-ups here and there. The ships were done to where you could like see the ships in space. Like when Vader's going to the Star Destroyer, they actually added a scene where it showed him doing that. They added certain lines here and there. That was it was very. They kind of went over it with a fine-tooth comb and sort of touched up spots right. in the movie. So I don't. I'll, I'll, I'll voice my disdain for that because there is one thing that I did not like about this that happened. So I, I'm curious about what that is. You mentioned that uh, in one of our chats earlier, and I'm yes, just, okay, uh, because the, I don't, I don't see a whole lot of. I think this is the one they messed with the least. Am I right? It is, but there's yeah. something that, and this is funny because this is the most recent edition. I believe the Blu-rays were the ones that revealed this thing. This issue i have and it's such a minute issue and you one of the funny thing some people don't even notice it and that's the thing that kind of gets me too um ellie do you have one before that before um i go no you can go first all right um the change of boba fett's voice to where right. they go with the prequel um care i mean the prequel actor instead it was something that i did not I'm ashamed of myself because I took me two or three watches to actually notice it really, and I'm like they change that's wait a second why would they do something like that, and I know it's the sync up with you know the the prequels that you know he he's the clone and everything like that, but I'm like they they robbed the original actor of his moment, right, like all all he was able to give I mean you never saw his face so all he was able to give was his voice and I didn't he didn't. He didn't have like that many lines too. That was the other thing. So that's that is my one big critique of this was I I did not like that them updating the emperor's look and re refilming it with the um, actor in his prequel makeup and everything to where he looked more accurate instead of the weird 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 <laughs> really weird way they did it before, which just now it it, it really does show its age. Um, like I said the touch ups and everything. Uh, Cloud City is another thing that I thought they. An amazing job with with opening Cloud City up and really making it you know all the scenes in Cloud City being really opened up I thought were great but like, like I said otherwise aside from the voice change I didn't mind a single thing to do with the special editions this is what in my opinion a special edition should have been where they just went in and touched up stuff and made it look better not completely added whole scenes that didn't need to be there it's like what they do with uh, Star Trek mm-hmm. um, they took the original series and sort of touched up the the special effects they didn't put them in your face. They didn't go over the top with it. They just made it look a little bit cleaner and yeah. and um, and didn't didn't change the content. And I feel like yeah, that is a lot of what they did with Empire. Now I know everyone's sitting there probably like, oh, he's he's hating on Boba Fett. He's hating on Boba Fett because I think I voiced a very strong opinion about Django Fett a while back. I will say this. <laughs> yes, you did. I, I will say this. Let me let me get to the Jedi, and I will give you something then that, that I think will redeem me 
in the sense i i don't mind him as a character in this movie i no, i also took a hard stance against him in um new hope too i just remembered that because there's the whole theory that that he was on the planet and he's the one that killed aunt uh, uncle and aunt peru and that's why there was the comment of no disintegrations and i'm like i don't like that theory being there oh, because that's so stupid it, yeah. it's i mean to, to each their own there, there's no definitive yes or no but it's just i, I like boba fett I seriously find him more interesting than the least I know about him, but there is something in Return of the Jedi that was that I will bring up when we discuss that that I think will redeem anybody's thinking I have despising hatred for the character. I do enjoy him, but I enjoy him as this complete enigma of a thing to where I never want anything explained with him. I think he is more interesting the less I know about him. So that's my opinion on Boba Fett. Hopefully somebody else might redeem that him real quick. Anybody? I I like Boba Fett, um, but I don't think he's the most important character in Star Wars. Like no. he is sort of, um, I I just think I'm I'm kind of in your camp. I think he's a cool, uh, mysterious bounty hunter, and that's sort of as it should be. This idea of giving him his own prequel movie. Uh, is something that would completely ruin that character. I think even if they are going to put him in the Han Solo movie that I don't want, mm-hmm. I, I think that would take some out of the, the character. I think having him his origin explained in Attack of the Clones took some punch out of the character. I think the least they can say about Boba Fett, the better and cooler he will stay in the long run. My- uh, but I also don't look at Empire as the Boba Fett movie. No. He's just a guy who kind of strolls through it and, and plays a small supporting role. And he's obviously just there for one reason. He wants the yeah. bounty on Han Solo. He honestly could care less about everything else going on. All he is focused on is that one goal of his is to get is to get him to Jabba. But I, I, I yeah, and, and and get your money. But I would I would go on my, my Boba Fett movie rant, but I've done that in the past, so I'm pretty sure if you listen to the Star Wars Theory episode I did with Chet, that one actually I think I fully explained my Boba Fett movie theory. And like, like, like I said, I, the way I explain it, it does not add anything to the character, so I think that, that would be a good way for them to do it, but you know Hollywood, they're probably not going to listen to some guy <laughs> with a podcast. Nah, <laughs> probably not. But no, I mean... Um, I guess, I mean, we, we kind of, go, going back, we kind of surmised that we're, we don't have a problem with the special edition for this particular one. It was, it was a, they, they did a great job with it. They should have taken some cues from that and possibly some of the other two movies. And hopefully we won't have to discuss them doing special editions of any other movies later. I, I just had this horrible image one day of them doing the special editions of, an, of um, the prequels. Oh, Oh gosh, okay. <laughs> yeah, it's just one of those things I'm like, I don't know what you could do, but I fear what you could do. But I, I don't Entirely see... Entirely th- recast Anakin Skywalker. <laughs> uh, digitally remove Jar Jar uh, Binks. Yeah. <laughs> uh, rewrite the entire movie. Uh, maybe a... <laughs> I, um, I, I want to throw in uh, my minor gripe on the special edition of oh, Empire. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. And it, is, it is seeing the Wampa, I think... Really? In the original, you only caught little glimpses of it, and that's what made uh, that's what made it work for me was that he was just caught in in really quick cuts, and then Luke cuts the arm off, and you just saw the arm falling. And in this, he looks like a guy in a suit. I think it it looks mm-hmm. far worse than that if they had just left it to the imagination. I think. Rewatching it, there is one thing I noticed. Actually, with, with that scene, that, that kind of bothered me for a second. You can hear yeah. the Wampa and the Tauntaun fighting. Like, you, you, you can hear the Tauntaun noises still. But yeah. then in the special edition, it shows him eating. Like, obviously, that Tauntaun's dead. Right. Like, they're, 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 right. It, is, it is dead beyond dead. So that's, I guess, with, with, with them doing a lot of the cleanup on the audio, I don't understand why they couldn't have taken that out. Right. And, and mess with that but i uh, know i mean that's that that's a good point i mean more is better I mean, it's, some... it's it's little nitpicks i mean that's what that's what it gets down to with star wars is uh i think especially with empire this is um i i love movies it's hard i'm hard pressed to pick a definitive favorite movie but if i am really pressed to 
I would pick The Empire Strikes Back as my favorite movie of all time. Uh, and and it's so almost perfect to me that I it to to find things to complain about, I really have to boil down and start nitpicking little things like that. The Wampa scene doesn't destroy the movie for me, uh, but it just is sort of like, I liked it better the way it was. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, it's just such a little gripe. I know it sounds so petty when I say it out loud. I go, man, what are you complaining about? You giant nerd, <laughs> you know? But, uh, but, but the reality is um, it's still a great movie, and it, it really doesn't take anything away from it. And like, like, like I said, I mean, I, my, my complaint is the FET change of voice change. But I mean, in, in all yeah. honesty, it's something to where, like I said, it took me a few times to really, truly be like, wait a second. Which There's means, something different Well, there. but that tells me it was well done then. If you didn't notice it like right off the bat, then there must have been decent. Exactly. I mean, like, like I said, he, I, I did watch the comparison. He says all the exact, there's no lines added. To the best of my knowledge, there's right. no lines added. He just basically rereads the lines. So that I, I think somebody had to tell me that that it was the other actor. Yeah, like I, I said, it, yeah, I I realized, oh, yeah. Impact on the series. I, th I think this is important. After you saying this is your favorite Star, this, this is your favorite movie, and on top of it, this is my favorite Star Wars movie. Definitely ranks high up there in my movie rankings um ellie i think you've mentioned before your favorites jedi mm -hmm. yeah so two out of three for this one but but the impact <laughs> on the series um in your opinion whoever wants to go first I, i'm not gonna pick I'll, I'll let you guys roll dice or fight over it um what impact does this one have does this movie have on the series as a whole and i think we've touched on it a few times already right. ellie you want to go or you want me to you can go. You're fine. I gave you the opportunity. Um, yeah, I'm going to take all the good talking points now. Oh, uh, I, uh, <laughs> that's why I go first normally. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I think this. Um, I think this movie has a huge impact, uh, not just for the reveals, not just for character development, but um, coming off of A New Hope, which was sort of a classic sci-fi adventure where everybody got a medal except for Chewbacca at the end and and everybody you know just kind of went away smiling and it was a great victory and everything was wrapped up all nice and tidy this took that and made a hard right and told the audience there are stakes and consequences here um, these people can be hurt and these people can lose battles and the Empire is actually a force to be reckoned with and um and and they're not you know this is this is the way this war is going to go is they're not going to win every single battle i mean uh the fact that one of the one of the leads lost his hand and the other was frozen <laughs> in in carbonite and wheeled away on an invisible gurney tells you that um that there's a lot at stake here so i think I think it took all the the shininess of a new hope and and shoved it aside and said, "Okay, we're going to get dark now." And and really really put their chips on the table in the middle. I can definitely agree with that. I mean, you 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 did take all the good talking points for the most part. Um no, I mean, the other impact on the series, this is kind of where we really got a lot of behind the scenes stuff with the Jedi as explained by Yoda, I think, too. So this kind of opened up our, our world to the Jedi and, you know, what, what they're truly capable of. So I thought that was an interesting thing that this added, and it did add, you know, that the Empire was a force to be reckoned with. I mean, of course, the reveal of, and I'm surprised we haven't talked about this more yet, is the um, reveal of that Vader is Luke's father. And also the Yoda reveal of there is another, which kind of, I'm sure... Oh, yeah. Like I, here, here's the thing: you can never. It's it's hard to see these movies with a fresh coat of paint, like you would in the theaters, because mm -hmm. they've been so pop culturally impacted, and it's just one of those things where I could not imagine being in the theater, because I'm sure a lot not not a lot of people got that line, and I I'm the 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 line of you know there is another, like who could he be talking about? Like there, there's only a set number of people, and I was going to bring someone out of left field. Which, I mean, like I said, who knows what that was like back then. 
But another right. thing is the um, the reveal of Luke, you know, that, that he, no, I'm your father by Vader. It's something to where Luke kind of leaves there with the sense of, you know, he's right because, I mean, he uses the force to see it. But I'm just wondering how many people left there going, oh, Vader's lying. He has to be. There's, there is no way. And that was just something to where, I mean, three years worth of people scratching their heads wondering, you know, is that true? Sort of thing. It's it's something to where, I mean, like, like I said, now in this day and age, it's so pop culturally referenceable now that everyone knows it. But at the same time, I would love to have been able to experience that wonder of, you know, is he lying? Was he being for real? How's he his father? You know, why did Kenobi lie to him? Which he confronts him about, and he says one of the, in my opinion, one of the greatest lines in the Star Wars series. I'll say it now. I'm not going to save it till Jedi. Um, <laughs> what I told you was true from a certain point of view. And that, and, and that, to me, honestly, I think I've said this before, justifies the prequels to me the prequels in my opinion while we're, we're getting very prequel heavy in this the prequels in my opinion are true from a certain point of view so that's that's the thing because i know this stuff doesn't match up but like i said I, there's, I think empire had such a great impact on it's such a great you know high point in the middle which is very rare in trilogies a lot of the times the second movie yeah. is like a low point for many trilogies and many movie series it kind of hits a dip there so i mean empire is a bar to be measured with with other movies so that's a very hard thing to compare to mm-hmm. well can we talk a minute about how awkward the the love scene the love story is though yeah like that's it, fine because it, it is it, awkward if you really look at it it definitely gets better yeah. You know, once once the I, the only reason I wanted to talk about this for a minute is because you're, you're talking about the love of um, Luke for R two D two his his right. his droid. <laughs> the, the it, it almost gets eaten, and he saves, and he 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 gets him out of there. The love of uh, Luke for his sister Leia. Oh wait, oh, wait. oh secret garden. What? <laughs> no, um, but. What I, I'm sorry, oh no, that's Flowers in the Attic, excuse me. I'm what is wrong up, with you? I'm mixing up my movies tonight, sorry. <laughs> Stephen King book? What? <laughs> so, um, the prequels get so much crap for the way the love story is between, you know, Anakin and I've drawn stick figures holding hands that have more rela- right, romantic exactly. in- intimacy than that movie did. <laughs> but I feel like this And one, I can't draw. <laughs> I feel like their love story starts out the same way, though. It is so awkward, and, and it really doesn't start getting great for me until the Carbonite scene where she says, I love you, and he says, I know. Which, that is that, that was an improvised scene, and that's so amazing. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah. yeah. So good. And, and so I, that's where it really, like, I love it from that point on. Mm-hmm. But it's so weird and so uncomfortable, like, here's, up until that point. Here's the thing I think that a lot of people don't realize is the prequels kind of put the love story at the forefront. Mm-hmm. This kind of had it as something to where there was so much going on. You might have kind of, I mean, it, it's there and it's, and it, it, it is awkward at times. It's just kind of this weird, you know, they're stuck together. So why don't we have a relationship what? thing? Why not? But, that, but <laughs> this, this does bring up the point of, I, I got an interesting thing. Cause there are a few theories I want to discuss with this mm-hmm. that I should say for something else, but it's, it's, it's in the movie moment. So it's a little bit funner to discuss them here. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they're, they're stuck on the Falcon for that time. And it's kind of like right. they, 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 they have that relationship blossom there. But I think at the same time, there's so much else going on. Your, your mind's kind of not realizing that they're, there's a relationship. It's kind of like, oh, they're confined. They're probably just bored. I don't know. No, not me. <laughs> I, I know. I mean, like, like I said, I mean, the, the, the millionth time watching this movie, you're not going to pay attention to, you know, what's going on on Dagobah right. one time. You're going to be like, wait a second. This love story is really awkward. I thought it was romantic. <laughs> I'm paying attention to it now. This is awful. Get it away. I know. Go, go. I don't know. It's just, and, and I love, like, pretty much everybody after the realization that you find out that they're brother and sister and you're like wait they ew yeah it gets really ooky it's, after it's this, that it's, it's like wait what <laughs> but yes yeah, so that's me and i'm weird and it's this great awesome space opera and i'm focusing on stupid stuff so i apologize 
Like I said, when you've watched it for the umpteenth trillion time, you'll you'll pick out stuff you might not have realized yeah, before. Yeah, you start you start looking for for angles to watch it from that you haven't watched it before. So uh, yeah, yeah, it's totally forgivable that you go in and I mean that's what I'm talking about when we start nitpicking. Yeah, right. Uh, you've you've taken all the fun out of it. I can't tell you how many times I've seen this movie. So you start looking at it from different angles, like. Um, when they're out there with the, the snow speeders attacking the, the walkers and Luke's like, all right, boys, tighten up. I always go, uh, you know, I bet those other pilots hate him because he's, they're <laughs> like, oh, man, you blew up the Death Star. Now he's the big hero. He's going to boss us around out here. Like, you know, like I just start my mind wanders. I've seen it so many times and I just start imagining these scenarios where. They're putting kick me signs on Luke's back because yeah. nobody likes him because he's the new hotshot pilot. Yeah, yeah he's so just you're you're boy. mystery science theatering it right now. Then yeah. that's what you're doing I, when I, you watch once it. Once in a while, we, yeah. we all do. We all do from time to time. So maybe we've seen enough. No, I was about to say the other thing is, I mean, they're they're kind of taking cues from this farm boy that just got a lucky shot. I mean, use the force, yeah, but he still yeah, got a totally. lucky shot, which somehow equates to him being the best pilot. Question He's mark? still the new guy when yeah. you, when you get down to it. Like he just got there. Yep. So some theories that are swirling around here that I know that have been pointed out and possible canon stuff, possible non-canon stuff. How long is Luke on Dagobah in your guys' opinion? Hmm. Oh. Because I think I've I think with this recent watch I may have solved my conundrum of how long he's on Dagobah. Because it seems like it's not that I well here, I'll, I'll, I'll let you guys go with how long do you think he's been on? He was on Dagobah, and how long were the, was the Empire chasing Han and Le- Han, Han, Leia, Chewie, and C three PO, and all them? Um, I'm probably gonna be way off. I'm gonna say like a month or two. Okay, Phil. Oh, you're uh, way more than I. I was thinking, you know tops a week it just seems to go by super fast um but i i do have thoughts about this as well but uh go ahead singer all right ellie i think is the closest and this and like i said i have no factual evidence i think people have kind of dissected this so this is kind of going into the realm of this is my random thoughts so let's see how well they add up with the evidence i think ellie's the closest I think it is meant to be thought of as almost a week, but I think that we see times time is running differently for each storyline. Right. Um, Luke, when he starts, you know, he's, he's like, my, my friends are in trouble, you know, I gotta go save them. I think they're on Cloud City at that point, even though that happens way before they make it to Cloud City. So that's why I think that it took a long they were you know on the asteroid in the asteroid field for probably a week or two there and you know they were on their way to you know bespin for a week or two possibly because they did not have a working hyperdrive so flying there by normal conventions might have taken longer and they could have been stuck on the at bespin for maybe I don't know. I'd give it another two weeks there before Luke showed up. Because I, I just I just feel like that makes more sense for him to have been training with Yoda for at least a little bit more time than just, you know, an afternoon and then some... Well, he definitely shows progress, so, he, which he does, you wouldn't yeah. think he would be able to do that overnight, yes. Yeah, so I think that that's... I think the point where the timeline sync back up is where Luke is going, Hey, I think my friends are in trouble and it's showing, you know, them getting there. And then he kind of trains for a little bit longer, but it keeps eating away at him. And then finally he leaves to go save them. That's just my thought on that. Like, like, like I said, it's just, I know, like I said, we are nerds nitpicking this movie and we've done <laughs> this through every other one. So why not? But like I said, this is just one thing in this one. I know some people bring up that's like, he didn't, Luke didn't train for that long. He trained for like a week. And I'm like, I think you're meant to think that, but I don't think it is that. So Phil, by all means, indulge us. <laughs> uh, I just had in this, um, I always think it's short because I feel like the, the pursuit of the Millennium Falcon is short. Mm-hmm. I, I always feel like that seems like it takes place over a matter of a couple of days. 
I never actually did factor in that they could have been on Bespin for a few weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the thing that throws me off with that is Lando, um, when he when it's revealed that he betrayed them, he says, I couldn't do anything they got here right before you did. So I figured, like, yeah, they would have moved on him pretty quick, but uh, maybe not. Um, but I always am, uh, and this just occurred to me the other day, that it's possible, like, Maybe the gravity on Dagobah is different, so time moves different. It's just like the interstellar scene where they go to the planet with the heavy gravity and time moves slower for them. I've heard that theory from people. I I didn't, I don't know uh, any of the working theories. I could totally be ripping this from somebody, but it just was like, yeah, that could explain how time goes. Uh, Because again, uh, this is where. prequels kind of dig a toe into this is they show jedi training from the time they're like toddlers uh and and luke is gonna take up jedi training at age 20 and he is basically almost finished by the time he leaves there yeah it is it seems really rushed and and almost like yoda is like "Eh, just read the cliff's notes version of of this uh jedi textbook and we'll we'll rush you through it but yeah um it isn't. It isn't clear how much time is spent, uh, but so I yeah I haven't really dug into other theories. But uh, between yours and and thinking of this gravity thing, I'm. It's one of those things where it's like I could probably kill an afternoon looking at uh, Empire Strikes Back timeline theories on on the internet oh, and get sucked into that rabbit hole. Oh, you, yeah. you go down it quick and it goes <laughs> it, it, it goes hard into the paint real fast. But that's the other thing is time. We're we're assuming they work on a time scale that we are familiar with too, and that's right. the thing. I mean, I think we've discussed this before. Is Star Wars works on its own timeline time scale? Technically, I mean, we they we say years and stuff like that, but who knows what that is to them? So I don't know. I just thought it was an well, interesting thing, thing in, to bring in, up. That's my thing in all kinds of uh, sci-fi movies when when they give you a time measurement like. Oh, he's, you know, 10 years old. And it's like, well, 10 years on what planet? Like, I'm always like, I don't know if I'm just nitpicking things uh, to the nth degree, but it's always like, they wouldn't really measure things in years and days, you know, Earth Earth days when they're out in, on the edge of space somewhere. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's a nitpicky thing. But yeah, time uh, time is a tricky thing to portray in space, I think. And to get super nerdy, if you want me to, real quick, I feel the Emperor's conceded enough to where he would have time judged by Coruscant. To where how long it took Coruscant to go around its star is one year. Uh, Whatever time it is on Coruscant, wherever the Emperor's palace is, is like standard time, is basic, or universal basic. like the capital of the Empire. Yeah, Yeah, to where it, it would sync everything up to him, to where he wouldn't have to worry about it. Now, now I'm just getting this image of the robot chicken of the emperor going somewhere and getting irritated that they don't go by his time and having a robot style well, yeah, robot chicken style uh, temper on, tantrum. Out on the the you know out on Tatooine, the Space World series doesn't start till like ten o'clock at night because they're they're running Coruscant time all the time. Exactly, and I mean when, uh, once once those two pain. two suns go down, I mean. You, yeah, you, you you can really knock it into the outfield. The West Coast feed is a is a <laughs> bear out there. <laughs> um, the other theory, real quick, that I know of, and this one is kind of in a weird realm of of um, it technically was based in canon, but since Disney took over, I don't know if it's returned to canon. There is a theory that Vader finds C three PO. And that's, like, Chewie gets him back, but Vader, like, after Chewie's kind of... Because Chewie's supposedly... Here's the background of this. Chewie is supposedly stopped after he does pick up um, C-3PO and is sent back and is, you know, kind of escorted somewhere else. Vader sees what he was messing with and allows them to keep C-3PO. That is also why Vader stops Boba Fett from shooting them in the Carbonite scene. Because oh, remember, yeah. he Boba Fett goes to shoot Chewie, and Vader stops him. Now, I have two theories yeah. on this. The one is to protect C-3PO, but that's admitting the, you know, prequel theory. 
Right. And admitting that, you know, he built C-3PO and all this stuff. But the second thing is, I think Vader is a hard line enough with, he probably was irritated with Boba Fett over, you know, Boba Fett was probably sitting there the whole time going, I want the Wookiee. Give me the Wookiee. The Wookiee has a bounty too. I want the Wookiee. And Vader was probably like, you'll get Solo, you'll get Solo. And then he pro- and then at some point, he probably could, you know, sense Boba Fett's thoughts of, oh, if I kill the Wookiee real quick, he has a bounty dead or alive, so I could take him. And Vader's like, I'm not letting him win this. And that's why he stops him. Hmm. Like no, I said, apparently uh, I've seen this movie way too many times. That is, that is possible. Uh, e- either one of those. Because mm-hmm. we see... Boba Fett getting, I mean, he is mouthy with, with Vader. Like, you know, he's like, what if he doesn't survive? Like, he's not just taking it laying down. He's, yeah. he's kind of putting up a fight. And, but you also know that Vader does have the deal with Lando that, that Chewie and, uh, Leia would stay there with him. And there is a possibility that he wants to honor that. Uh, as for finding three PO, I have that comic. I I, I have knew it, it in a. I knew a it was a comic, but there's a it's a it's a short comic in one of the Star Wars Tales collections, and it was done before the Disney Lucasfilm acquisition. I know, mm-hmm. so I don't know if it's still in canon or not. But it is, it is him finding three PO and having these flashbacks to him building three PO. And then just sort of like everyone's kind of like, what is Vader's deal with this robot? <laughs> and then he just sort of shoves all the parts back and says, give it to the Wookiee and let him let him keep working on it. Um, so, yeah, that is a that is a thing. I'm glad you brought that up. It's a really interesting. Um, it's a really interesting story. I like a lot of those Star Wars anthologies that have all the short comics in them some of them are canon some of them are not i there's one that is it it is a star wars adventure where all the characters are the disembodied hands throughout the movie that interact with each other it's oh my gosh there's a lot of those (laughs) yeah there's a lot of them and it's it's han telling his kids this story about luke's hand and what happened to it after it's great um but yeah that story's in there and and it's i Man, I don't remember which one it's in, uh, but if I can find it, I'll let you know for the show notes. Uh, if people want to track that down, it's a really, it's a really cool little story in a volume with a lot of really cool little stories. Well, I'll check because I have a ultimate visual guide to Star Wars that I actually re- recently uncovered that is completely useless now, considering probably ninety yeah. percent of it is is not <laughs> canon. It's so, scrapped. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure that's where I saw. Like, there, there's just one image somewhere in there of. Like Vader, like putting the putting his helmet against C three PO's like head yeah. as it's disembodied. So I'll I'm, I'm I may go go searching for that myself. Um, but no, I mean I like I said that's that's my two things that I wanted to kind of bring up and discuss real quick because that's something I know. So we've had years to kind of pick over these movies, and I mean as as fans of movies, everyone's got their theories. So I wanted to bring those up. But now we're gonna get to Ellie's favorite part. What? Inspirations. There's not really any new ones for this movie. You, you don't have anything for this one? Mm-hmm. Interesting. I do have some funny things about the asteroids. All right. I, I think I know these, but go for it for yes. our listeners. So if, if you don't know, um, in the asteroid fee, um, scenes, there is stuff other than asteroids. Uh, there was actually a shoe was one of the asteroids originally. And also a potato. <laughs> so I think that's I think that's pretty awesome. Um, it says um, basically two asteroids travel from the top left to the bottom right corner. Just after the second asteroid leaves the screen, a third one appears in the top left. This is the potato. Ooh. So watch it again right. and see if you can find it. Now I have something else to pour over this I, movie for. I, I don't think I. I don't think in my multiple viewings I've ever like Noticed seen the. I've, I've seen a video where it points it out, mm-hmm. but I can never remember like which exact one it is. So maybe, maybe next May fourth, I'll I'll have to really critique it. 
Well, and I like the one about the shoe, too, that they said that um, basically George Lucas asked them to redo the scene so many times that, like, one of the people, like, threw their shoe (laughs) in the scene, and then they eventually, obviously, took it out. But, yeah, I thought that was pretty funny. Um, But we we also want to give Mr. Hamill a huge shout-out in this movie, um, I don't know if you know this, but he actually did all of his own stunts except for when he got sucked out of the Cloud City window. Yeah. Um, he didn't do that one, but the whole rest of the movie, he did all of his stunts. He did so the I thought, flip? I thought, yeah. Yeah. Oh, nice. I thought that was pretty cool. Nice. Yeah. So, awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, that was cool. That is cool. Well, yeah. I actually, I don't know what it was, but Phil talking about this had something register in my brain. Okay. When you were talking about your favorite scenes from earlier and you were talking about on Cloud City, something registered with me that I just didn't think it would. If you think about Luke arrives there. Now, bear with me for this one because this is something I just kind of had cross my mind. Luke arrives there to a bright, you know, ethereal looking place where, you know, there's clouds, you know, there's a ton of light. But then he goes to face Vader in a place that's dark, has red overtones, has a lot yeah. of, you know, it's it's very heaven and hell. It is very much, yes. And it's just, I don't know if I just never, it never clicked or maybe just having just, when, when Phil explained it earlier for his top three, I'm like, I, I had to write that down real quick. So I'm like, I don't think I've ever had that register as the 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 Cloud City is both a heaven and a hell for everybody sort of there. Representing well, they, your fighting your City. inner demons. Yeah. Yeah, I think Cloud City is very representative of, of heaven. Mm-hmm. You know, even when Lando says, you know, uh, oh, Leia, you belong with us among the clouds. Like, it's it's a very, you know, you were sort of referring to her as an angel. Yep. Uh, and, there, yeah, there's all sorts of, like, Campbellian spiritual overtones uh, in, in all the Star Wars movies. And I think this is one of the most overt because... It is Vader who's the, he's the fallen angel who mm-hmm. becomes Lucifer and he's tempting the, you know, sort of the prodigal son. He's, he's tempting Luke, who's sort of the, the Jesus figure of, of this. So it is, a, it's very much a, a heaven and hell, uh, devil and Christ story. Uh, and, and I think that that might be why that the set design of the freezing chamber is so compelling. Yeah. Uh, the, the red, uh, like you said, the red, um, red and the, black the colors and the fog and the, the silhouettes of everything is just, it's shot so incredibly well. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that I think it's just one of the most visually striking, um, set designs. Uh, it's right up there with like, the ship on 2001 yeah that's that hal is on like it's it's just gorgeous another thing and maybe my um uh dante's inferno is a little rusty but isn't the lake that is in front of um lucifer like he's frozen in it like it's it's a frozen lake because the last circle of hell is like instead of being burning it's 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 all ice so they they so just if we're going with this theory real quick, they they would have descended Luke down deeper into hell to freeze him. Oh, I'm, interesting. I no, I'm not aware. Like, like, not. Like, like I said, I'm 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 a little rusty on my Dante's Inferno, but I think the Last Circle of Hell. It's it's a frozen lake. That uh, that's a whole nother level right there. That's really cool. So I, I mean, I might be wrong on that. If somebody is, I mean, if I am, I'll I'll double check it myself. But at the same time. By all means, point it out. I, I don't mind being told I'm wrong on something, so I, I might be wrong on that. But, yeah, so, so that's cool. We we had some good, cool inspirations from this that 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 we had. And Ellie, Ellie did, a, did, did a good job with her favorite part. Yeah. <laughs> you were plainly not paying attention <laughs> to what I was saying. <laughs> I was zoning out there for a minute. You were. All this, right. This your so, circle of hell and... So you were right. The ninth circle of hell is divided into four rounds. Um, according to the seriousness of the sin, though all residents are frozen in an icy lake. Boom. And who's at well the center done. of that lake? Yeah, it says those who committed more severe sins are deeper within the ice. 
what do you want? I know? said I think he's put. I think Lucifer is supposed to be at the center of the lake, frozen. Yeah, I don't see that. Yeah. Cain and Abel are in there, though. Good for them. <laughs> Way to go. <laughs> Good callback, Bible. Good callback, Dante. <laughs> Uh, I just have one uh, more thing that I noticed on this go-round, and that is there's a lot of characters who are moved around not under their own power in this movie. Really? Uh, C-3PO is carried in a backpack. Yoda carried in a backpack. Luke is dragged by the Wampa. R2 is thrown across the swamp and lifted by the force, and Han is frozen and carried around on an invisible gurney. There is a lot of people just being dragged, shoved, and thrown around through this movie. Interesting. I don't know if that means anything or just that I have run out of things to notice in the Empire Strikes Back. (laughs) (laughs) I like it. That's actually interesting. I, I mean, you, you listing them off, I'm like sitting there going, yeah, yeah, oh, the other stuff, oh, yeah. A lot of backpacks. It's it's like a back-to-school sale and, and the <laughs> Empire uh, Macy's. Well, at <laughs> least it's a Star Wars backpack and not a Star Wars fanny pack, so mm. I'm okay with that. That would be odd if Yoda was being carried <laughs> in a fanny pack yes. as Luke climbed up the vines of the swamp. <laughs> <laughs> that is really weird. What are my sunglasses in there? Uh, it's it's starting to peek out. <laughs> can I get can I get my sunscreen, Yoda? Um, I, I need to, I, I need I need to re re up my nose. <laughs> oh god! All right. So our final thoughts on this. I think we've all kind of said that this is very a very positive movie in our opinion for the series. Uh, like I said, this is one of my favorite movies. Uh, the introduction of a lot of my favorite. You know, things, uh, Vader, like I said, I can't say it enough. Vader's lines in this movie and just his disdain for everything around him is just some, something I just enjoy thoroughly. So that's that's kind of my thoughts. I'm excited for Jedi so I can finally put the Boba Fett, do I hate him, do I like him argument to a rest. <sighs> Teasing. Next episode. Cannot wait. Ellie, or do you want Phil to go first? for the last I'll, I'll let him wrap it up oh okay yes final thoughts I do like this movie a lot it's very iconic um, I'm glad I got to see it in the order that I did um, even though I've, I've mentioned before you know that I think children and maybe other certain people I think it would be since they have the option now it might be kind of cool to see it in a different order than I did, but um, I just, it's such a great movie and, and the relationships, especially between Han and even though they're not together a lot in the movie, you really start to see more of a, a really cool friendship develop between Han and Luke. Um, so I like that part of it yeah. more than more than Leia and Han and, and that sort of thing. But um, no, I just... I can't say too many bad things about this movie. I really like it. Uh, I just uh, will reiterate what you guys have said. Uh, Elliot, that's a great point about Han and Luke. We don't think of them together because they don't have a lot of screen time together. But, you know, just the very beginning of the movie when we see them together, it's mm-hmm. you, you, you sense that they've gotten closer. They're not, they're not rivals anymore and they're not barking at each other the way they did through A New Hope. Right. And Zinger, I want to circle way back to what you said about like the big Vader, I'm your father reveal mm-hmm. and how people scratch their heads about that, wondering if it was a lie or not. Um, the only Star Wars movie I saw in the theater on its original run was Return of the Jedi. Oh. And um, I was eight years old when that came out. And we in a packed theater. We could not even all sit together. My older sister and I sat off by ourselves. And when Luke confronts Yoda, uh, I know I'm jumping ahead of movie, uh, but Luke confronts Yoda about it, and Yoda confirms it. Like there were gasps in the theater. Like people had sat there not wanting to believe it for for three years. So it was a big deal. It was you know this movie 
opens up the bigger world of Star Wars and really opened a can of worms on, on the whole, on things that would come full circle by the end of the trilogy. So I think it's a really pivotal movie for not just the original trilogy, I think for the entire series. And, um, and that's why I think it just, it was sort of the door that got kicked open and let in all the cool stuff to the star Wars universe. Awesome. All right. Well with that, um, Phil, it's been great to have you on for this. Um, I know that, that this is, well, but before you came on here, I knew that this was one of your favorite star Wars movies. So I definitely enjoyed having you on for it, but, um, where can our fans find you on the internet? Uh, well, first off, thank you for having me. I really appreciate you bringing me on for this one, and uh, and it's always fun hanging out with you guys. Oh, thank you. Uh, Aww, um, thank you. But you guys can uh, find me. I'm at philrood.com. That's P-H-I-L-R-O-O-D, and that's my blog. Uh, links to my store, links to my social media, uh, links to podcasts I do. Um. And, yeah, that's sort of the hub. That's the central hub, and you can get to anywhere that I am on the Internet from there. That's kind of the easiest way. And didn't you do some artwork earlier in preparation for this? I did some artwork today. I did a picture of Yoda uh, sitting on the in the swamp of Dagobah. Just a picture. I drew it off of my original Kenner uh, Empire Strikes Back era yoda action figure that i still have he's my uh he's kind of the dashboard jesus of my art desk uh, <laughs> where he kind of sits there he's my space buddha Very and nice. uh yeah i drew i drew that i was really stoked to rewatch the movie earlier this week and uh and just i don't know i've been sort of uh neck deep in star wars so i did drew drew that earlier and uh threw it up on my store and it's just been uh, fun getting into Star Wars with Empire again this week. Awesome. Well, we were glad we were able to, to get you back into some Star give, give you a good excuse to get back into some Star yeah, Wars. Yeah, any excuse. And this was a good one. Awesome. Well, thank you again, Phil, for being on. And, Ellie, where's the best place to find us on the internet? Well, don't forget to check us out on Podbean. You can also find us on Apple Podcasts, previously iTunes. And give us a how many star review, Ellie? Under trois quatre cinq, that's five. I was about to say in in um Universal Basic. Whatever. Um, you can also find us on Facebook, <laughs> Zingness, Cricket, Twitter Cricket. at Zingness, on um Instagram at, at Zingness Podcast. Podcast. If you want to see us playing any games, or of course on Twitch. You can help us out by going to Patreon, www.patreon.com slash Zingness. Become a contributor to the podcast, and you can also find us on YouTube. And if you want to email us, you can always find that at Zingness at gmail.com. Our sound guy is Aaron, and finally, DJ Golden Boy 89 Play us out. Waka wow wow. Vader. You've been doing that a lot lately. Mm. Um, <laughs> Vader. Love you. I'm editing that. <laughs> Why? Because it's going to be Toby ammunition. I love it. Exactly. Mm. Um.